happy Saturday morning, people. We're here in the Warrior Poet Project with my man, my friend, Jason Ellis. We're hungover. We're hanging out. We got 30 <laughs> minutes to talk shit. We don't know what we're going to say, but here we are. What's up, mate? How you going? Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. I wish I could say it's great to be here, but it's kind of painful, really. Yeah, you know, you're kind of like 50% through the ringer here, you know? I've come good. I've come good. Yeah. By the UFC, I think I'll be shining. Yeah, that's it, man. That's, that's all it. I thought I had to make it to today. <laughs> uh -uh. And you then keep giving me surprise uh -huh. on the emails where it's time to... I don't mind talking, dude. When you're like, hey, we're going to take a photo of your face, I'm like, you do not. As I told you, I was just throwing up and it was nothing was coming out. But you know when you throw up, you have like that weird extra puffy yeah. face? Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's just like getting that extra energy air out of there. You know, I think that's helpful sometimes, just dry heave. I, yeah, I, I should have done it the night before, but I, I was too <laughs> drunk to remember to do that well we had a fucking hell of a time on that on it podcast we had a bunch of people up there that was, was great awesome good time at your show good grand opening little dancing you and tj dillashaw were fucking dancing your asses yeah, off that's, last night uh, that's, that's that was not, not that my usual. choice that was not my choice at all i'm not a guy that likes to dance at all but when the champ like because i said no he's like come on and I, I see him coming a mile away with my girlfriend i'm like yeah. what are you guys why is TJ even with my chick right now? And why are you dancing over here like you're going to do something with me? Come on, man. Get up. I'm like, no, dude, I don't want to dance. Dude. Come on. I'm like, no. And then he just picked me up and like started dancing me like I was a child. So I pretty, it was either like just be like manhandled for, for a long period of time on the dance floor or go with it and start jumping with him. Mm -hmm. So... I, that I worked. Option I B. saw that happen. I saw that. I saw the impetus of that. Katie was like, "I want Jason to get up and dance." And she saw TJ, and she's like, "Oh, that'll work." It's like TJ, you got to get Jason. To go. She tried to tell me it was all TJ's no, idea. No, oh, what no. a bitch! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that no. shit happen. Come I'm on. glad I did it though. Hell yeah! It's always a good uh, dancing in a, in a foreign place with the champ. Yeah, it's why a, not? Yeah, that can't. Done you don't that. get to do that that often. No, maybe never. Maybe didn't never. see that coming. So yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll suck it up. I didn't want to go on the dance floor. There's a guy that smelled like B.O. out there. And I, and I knew who it was. And we danced right next to him. And I was like, why are we going over to the smelly guy? Get me mm -hmm. out of here. Yeah. Well, you know, we just, bought, we just bought this yoga company. And a the, yoga company? Yeah, yeah. You did? Yeah. You did not? Black no. Swan Yoga. Who? Black Swan Yoga? Uh -huh. Yoga? And they're what? awesome. They're fucking best. Best in the world, in, in my opinion. Wait, so now on it sells that? Well, we're going to keep their brand. They got four studios. And, here? Uh, in Austin, yeah. And then um, online, Black Swan Yoga TV, so people can take the yoga in their own home, just watching their instructors and stuff. And then we're going to franchise it out. Wait, yoga? Yoga. Oh, I think yogurt. yogurt. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> That's so weird for you to own a yogurt company. Okay, like yoga total, company. Total human yogurt optimization. I'm like, I don't think you even eat dairy, man. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but, okay. But the point being on the, you know, there's not a lot of deodorant in yoga. Oh, is mm -hmm. that their game? They're That's stinky. The game. Yeah. Well... I, and the thing is, like, there's natural deodorants that you could use that are good. Yeah, you got one? Because yeah, I I'm about to change. Okay. But I, yeah, but I, don't, I can't handle things. I actually don't get B.O. The only time I went to Panama and decided that I would not shave or shower or anything for an entire uh, 10 days, just live off the water. I'm like, if I'm on the water, like, how am I going to mm -hmm. be stinky? So then after a week, one armpit started to smell like onions. 
and I could not stop. I could, fucking killed me. <laughs> and I'm like, who cares, dude? I'm roughing it. I'm not shaving. Sure enough, like after like seven days, I went to a store and got deodorant and shaved my fucking face. Like I couldn't pull it off. <laughs> even even with no mirror, I was like, I don't even see the mirror. I don't want to. If I don't yeah. see my face, why do I need to shave it? If I can't smell myself, why do I even care? But that, like, I was completely wrong. I was completely and utterly wrong. Ingrained. That's just weird, that one armpit. Yeah, because I don't have two. Yeah. I don't get BO. I remember my ex-wife used to get BO, and I would make fun of her because she's a girl, and I'm a big, dirty dude, and I don't smell, and you do. Mm -hmm. And then... It was, it was painful to dis to discover that I have an onion armpit. Apparently, <laughs> after a while, you just gotta let it marinate. Seven days. That's Seven the brew. Seven days. Yeah. yeah. Then this onion stew comes. Just oh. from one. I think Katie's armpit smells like uh, it's like a good one. I didn't believe her at first. I think it was like chocolate or something. I can't remember what she said. I realized. I came to the realization. I really like the smell, like a pungent smell of pussy. And really? I realized that sometimes I can't tell the difference between armpits and pussy, and that that came to me as a shock. Yes, it should. Yeah. That's terrifying, dude. Yeah. I realized well, like I was really like, oh, smelly man. vaginas. I was like, that smells musky. That smells good. And I was like, wait, that's coming from her you armpit. Like, you like real smelly vaginas? Yeah, yeah. I like do. over the top smelly? I mean it, like the, the musky smell? Yeah. Yeah, but not like the not like the the fishy smell. Okay. Okay. You, you don't you, you know, you don't want it yeasty. No. No, nobody likes that. No. But but strong. Like a, I like a strong brew, you know. Like if I, if it was a wine, if it was a wine, <laughs> if it was a wine, I'd like why. it to be Cabernet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't, like bold. That's sort of. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm not really that much of a of a fan. I'm not like an I'm not super into odor. I remember this one girl, like a sex therapist. She used to be a Playboy pet or something. She was like a foreign chick. She came on my show when I was in New York, and she fucking stunk of bo. Like something strong, and she was older, but I really wanted to bone her. Like, yeah, really was wanted that, to. There's pheromones, and she started to tell me that it's the pheromones. She doesn't That's use it. deodorant because what you're smelling right now is my sex. Uh -huh. And I'm like, I'm actually believing her because <laughs> I I was just thinking before she said that how much I wanted to fuck her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's saying that she smells like this, and I think she like she like knew stuff about how. I think she might have taught me how to jerk off a vagina. Do you know how to do that? Like you yeah. pinch it instead of. What? No. Yeah. See, I had another sex therapist come on my show, and if you like, you get you can you can pinch it with like 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 you were gonna pinch a nipple kind of thing uh -huh. like that. You pinch the pussy in between your fingers and you jerk it off, and you can wow. you can feel the the clit in there, and it kind of bumps off in there. Uh -huh. I jerked Katie off in the jacuzzi this morning, <laughs> like through her <laughs> through her nice. um, bathing suit. Fucking sex tips. I like that. Yeah. No, it's a, to me, when I found out that you could do it, it's not a thing that you would actually, like I've only done it a couple of times to completion because I wanted to see if you could do it. Uh -huh. But it's like, uh, it's, it's just a foreplay thing. Yeah, like yeah. now I can like, to, to, to pinch my chicks kindling the fire. and like jerk it off. <laughs> it's hilarious. Cause just you know, little tiniest little jerk it's off. Just, yeah, Cause it's just the itty bitty penis in there somewhere. Yeah, like you're like, you're jerking off a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I'm thinking when I'm doing it. Even smaller than that. Was that too that. far, Lando? It might've been. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty hilarious. Yeah, but that, <clears throat> That's the smells, you know, the human animal. It's just, that's what we're programmed to do. We like that stuff, you know. It's funny. It all comes out in different areas, you know, armpits, vagina, that little musky butt smell, you know, everything See, happens. I think there's like a, there's not even an argument. It's like uh, everybody has their smell, but there's just wrong ones. And everybody yeah. can agree. Like when you're saying like oh, a yeah. stinky vagina, I'm like, whoa, Aubrey, that's kind of weird. Just so you know. Oh, yeah, there's the wrong one. Because I'm thinking, 
Uh, it was like the, the first girl I actually hooked up with when I right when I got divorced. She, I was so insecure about women because of the the ex wife thing was just such a brutal thing for me. So she hit on me. She said I used to go to the the raw vegan store across the street, and she worked there. And she just kept hitting on me, and I didn't even know she was hitting on me. She's like, we should go for a run sometime. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then she was like, you know what? I don't really feel like running, but we could go to dinner. And that, and that's when I said, are you hitting on me? She's like, I have been for like a week, you fucking idiot. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because I just really didn't think she was going to be into it. But she had like really crazy blowjob skills. And it was sort of a surprise. One, anybody that wanted to blow me, that was a surprise. Because I'd been down in the dumps on the apparently I'm hideous kind of thing. I don't mm. want to blame anybody. But that's my lifestyle at that point. So for her to be that into me. I'm like, man, I didn't even see that from this girl. She seems right. so innocent, but she is cock hungry. Like you are a fiend. And then I try to like return the favor and I, like get, she grabs my head and like picks it back up. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if that's the, if that's the way you want it, I don't so care. She's a little self-conscious. About Obviously, because then when actual sex started happening, uh, all of a sudden, like something wafted up and I'm like, Ooh. whoa, what is that? Yeah. There's like the, there's the green light and there's the red light smell. There's like the, yeah, it was the an green immediate. light go where it's like the fucking hair bristles on your back and like, all right. See, and then there's that red light like, shit, and, and I got to get out of here. And she's a hippie. She's a girl that like knows supplements and, and all this other stuff. And I thought a girl that's like that organic and, you know, eats like only eats like raw fucking vegan food. You didn't like you don't want to tend to that because I'm pretty sure there's like supplements and, yeah, you, and things you, put, you can do yeah. where you can get rid of it yeah or pack your vagina with goat yogurt that actually works it really does yeah see, for, for the yeast and stuff see yeah. i would have figured that that kind of hippie person would have like would have figured done that, that stuff out. we fucked off and on for like a year or two <laughs> and every because it was never consistent because i could never deal with that but sure enough every time it would i'd be like wow still why would you not get rid of that like why it's weird you're that horny but yet so stinky down there. <laughs> you know yeah that's that's funny how the human animal works you know that pleasure button for that smell is like one of those buttons for me that's like a really important button to hit you know so like wait, if there's you no don't smell, smell it yeah it's kind of a bummer wow. i'm telling you it's kind of a bummer i'm like yeah that was awesome but it would have been nice if i could have fucking gotten that because that really that really brings out some some fucking other animal inside i like to smell black chicks oh yeah yeah they smell differently i used to have uh -huh. a black girlfriend i used to smell her all the time like yeah. I just put my face in there and smell. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "You smell good. You smell funny. You smell black." <laughs> <laughs> and she knew it was a good thing because you know, I mean, my face was in a pussy. It was like, "You smell black. I hate you." you know what I mean? yeah. like, smell black. I really like it. <laughs> oh man. So Jason, we gotta we gotta touch on a few motivational things here, man. Okay. So I wanna I wanna talk to you. You've I've got some stuff for you. That works out. <laughs> you know, you're you're a great story for this because you've seen some lows some real lows and then you've seen the glory of some real highs and tasted like really some of the broadest spectrum you know i talked luckiest about luckiest way to be hell yeah oh yeah so so talk to us about you know some of the lows and some of the highs and how expanding that spectrum kind of changes your perspective right well um i think the biggest thing for me is in the last sort of three years i I knew I was molested when I was about 25 from taking a bunch of drugs. I had an imaginary friend that told me that I was molested as a child and that it was my father. And then that sort of started to come out. And my father was like... Uh, so you well, had no recollection of that? At all, that. until I was 25. Mm -hmm. And then I took uh, ecstasy and acid and, and uh, you know, drank. And, you know, I was, I was awake until the next day. And I, that's when 
imaginary friend showed up. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, everybody believed, my mom knew, was like, well, I thought, I thought he forgot. We were just gonna try and move on with our lives. Like hopefully he would never remember it. And so when she says that, I'm like, you've gotta be joking me. Wow. My whole life I watched like Oprah and be like, man, these poor bastards that get molested. Wow. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't believe how bad that must be. Not having an inkling that I would be that guy. So then, you know, dealing with that was always, uh, at first it was right when I was a pro skateboarder. So really I was just a hundred mile an hour and running. I never really stopped to, to analyze it. I just got, I kept going, you know, like I remember going, fuck, molested, heavy. And then I just never brought it up again. And I just went about my mm-hmm. business because skateboarding was just, I was so in love with it that even like ground shattering yeah. information was just- Couldn't derail you. Yeah, it couldn't. So, you know, years go by, 40, I go to fucking rehab because I'm trying to get my wife back. And I'm like, I, I, I just didn't want to, I used to drink and do like a bunch of drugs and get hookers. Like I used to drink a different way. I would. Mm. I just don't like who's got cocaine and who's got prostitutes. Like, like it wasn't fun though. I or was that, it fun? That would, within an hour. Yeah, that's where I would go. It's, I, I would drink aggressively, like not like a couple of beers. I would drink like half a bottle of whiskey or a fucking uh-huh. vodka, and then I would start looking for coke. And then as soon as I got the coke, off to the and this is like in Australia where these hookers are fifty bucks. They're all on heroin. Yeah, that's how I got on heroin. I started doing heroin with prostitutes. So I was like. So that, so as soon as I started drinking again, I'm like, I, I having children. I'm like, I am not. So that was gonna... part of that was part of your like early twenties past, right? Yeah. The heroin hookers, yeah, yeah, yeah. the blow yeah. in Australia, still skateboarding. Yeah. Still, you know, kind of yeah, living top this 10 in fucking. The world. We had no idea. Still fucking just wild existence at that yeah. point. But then when you started feeling that creep back a little bit, the drinking, you I did immediately it. put you, myself yeah, yeah. in rehab. Before yeah. I before I got cocaine or a prostitute, I just went in. I was like, "Dude, you ca- yeah, I have too much to lose now. Right. Kids, the job. I mean, I'm truly a blessed individual to piss this away. It's just like every, I'm not doing it. So mm-hmm. anyway, I go in there and and I start to you know recollect all the tr- you know problems in my childhood. And I thought you know I might have something to do with my my father passing away or my brother passing away, but you know I did some a lot I like therapy every day in there and started to like recollect some of the things that happened and and my father's line of questioning in regards to being molested and and just realized right there that it wasn't a fucking babysitter it was him you always knew it so that was and then i called my mom and my stepmom and they were one kind of suggested that they already knew that so that really hurt me too because now i'm like well why didn't you stop him you know like and why are you still with him and why is everyone acting like he's before he died, we all loved him. Like, why the fuck are you guys letting me hang out with this guy? So then, <clears throat> once again, business, radio, I just write it off, man. I just move. You know what I mean? I talk about it on the radio. I'm like, look, I got molested. I found out it was my father yesterday. Shit happens, you know? Like, I don't, I don't, I tell it on the radio because I feel like if someone's molested and, and they hear me powering on and doing my job, then that'll get them to keep going. Cause right. you just, if you give up, that's, you know, as long as you don't give up, you can mope around every now and then because your dad molested you, but if you don't give up, there's plenty out there that's worth it. My bad days versus my good days, it's worth being alive. Yep. But then kind of trying not to face it, but I know subconsciously I still think about my father molesting me from time to time, and it, it, it's a dent. It fucks with you. Well, sure, you walled it off, but it's still there. It's a it's little still bit there. infected. Exactly. You know, it's like an yeah. inf- infection that's scabbed over, but it's not healed. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, and I'm in therapy every week, and and I and I talk about it all the time, and I'm I am getting past it. But I knew I'm I I have not um, forgiven anybody 
very angry, very angry person that, you know, that there's a person inside me that is full of rage from all, all three of them, all the three adults around me that didn't, that let this guy do that. Mm-hmm. So then I do this MDMA therapy because I hear about it from all the people that come on my show that know you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm finally going to do it. You know I mean? I talked to my therapist and he's like, you know, this is, and I know like actual therapists will try to tell you not to do everything like that. They just yeah. write it off. Cause what if it kills you? You won't come back in anymore. Right. He's like this actually for you. Cause of your childhood, you need, you need to get to the bottom of it. You need to like nice. get it done. So I was skeptical. Cause it's just MDMA, man. And I did that when I was a kid. So you're just, you can't tell me that drugs are beneficial. You know, this is just me running from stuff. Yeah, it's drugs plus intent. Right. So this was a completely different high. Like as soon as it kicked in, I sat on the couch and we just went straight into doing work. It was, and he didn't say anything. He just sort of asked one question, but I already knew he was coming that day. I knew what I was trying to get to the bottom of. And immediately, as soon as it kicked in, I just became like a a detective of my childhood and realized, uh, not only did he do it once, he did it all the time. He used to do it until I was up until about 11. And he used to come into my bedroom from the other bedroom all the way to the other side of the house late at night with this heater, like a big, a round heat lamp. And he would walk in it so it was dark. So all I could see was this big round heat lamp with like grills in it. And I remember uh, holding onto the bottom underneath the mattress with my, with my hands and my toes. So my back was off the ground. So I was under the mat, like under the bed, holding myself off. And I always remembered that, but I thought I was having a nightmare and my dad was coming to see if I was okay. Wow. That's how I remembered it when I was a kid. So now I'm remembering it. And now I know, and I remember always being scared of the lamp. I'm like, the lamp just scared the fuck out of me. I don't know why. Right. And then remembering him coming with the lamp. And now I'm like under there going, please don't, please don't. And I can hear myself saying it. And I'm like, you're not, you're not having a nightmare. You're telling the fucking lamp, please don't. You're telling your fucking father. Cause you know, he's got the lamp. And then I started to realize the things that he would do when I was, so it happened until that day. That was the last time it happened because he realized he heard me. Cause all the other times I pretended I was asleep when he did it. So I just uh, lied there, even though right. I know you, he knew I wasn't asleep, right, right. but I never fucking said anything. I just let it happen. That time I was already under the mattress and when he came into the room, cause I saw the lamp come from the corridor into the, cause my bedroom door was open. Yeah. So right there, all of a sudden, because of this MDMA thing, first of all, the shock of knowing that if you're not high, cause I felt like a, 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 a spiking urge to fucking tear something off, like yeah. kill somebody. Yeah, like you have sure. been so unjustly fucking treated. But, if, but I'm okay because I'm high. I'm like, you know, I'm not analyzing that. Let's go deeper. Let's fucking figure out more of this. So yeah, then I started the to realize- serotonin sets this friendly environment for you right. to allow you to right. release that without your whole body going into Because otherwise, shock. I don't think that my body would allow to, it wouldn't give me the information because <laughs> it doesn't think that I can take it. And that's why the post-traumatic stress ser- therapy with MDMA is so effective because it sets this backdrop that allows you to do right. this deeper work it was very in a very safe me. environment. The visuals that I was getting in for me to be okay with them, it was very obvious that this was the only way it was ever going to get done. But yeah. the biggest thing to me, all that aside was that really was, that's great for like a book or a horror movie or you know I mean, everybody feels Sounds sorry like for this movie. guy yeah. kind of thing. But I just started to realize what he thought. And when he heard me say that, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a father. I, mean, I would never touch my kids. But if my kids thought as me, of, as me as a scary person and was actually that terrified, even if it didn't involve 
molestation that would kill me. Like I, yeah. I scared my kid that much. And I could tell that he just realized that right there. And he never did it again to me. So I put the fear in him right there. And, mm -hmm. he, and then he felt bad. He felt, and then I started to realize, why did he do it? So I'm pretty sure his father did it to him. Yeah. You know, I, I stopped it. I don't, I'm not going to do it. I, don't, I started to feel bad for him. I felt like his life was so bad and he hated himself for being that guy. And he tortured himself. And then and he said, you know, Jace, all, all, between all the brothers, you know, you're the special one. And I, this was the, one of the hardest parts of me. I always thought that I was special when he told me that. I didn't know that he was telling me that because he was like a fucking creepy child molester that was in love with me. Yeah. So it wasn't, it was such a fucking kick to the dick. But at all, I forgave him. I actually felt sorry for him. The people that did the most, I, f I felt sorry for the most. So I felt more sorry for him than my stepmother, who I know for a fact now. She fucking knew he did that. Yeah. And she knows for a fact he did yeah. that. And I'm pretty sure my fucking mom left him because he did that. Yeah. Like, and no one's ever told me any of this. This is me on the couch figuring it out and then accepting it and then feeling sorry for them. Like to come out of this on the couch and feeling sorry for the three people that I wanted to murder the the weight off me just in general just now and like because it's life man drama you i'm a fucking divorced guy that's got seven thousand jobs there's always something exploding around me mm -hmm. that's just the way life is but now it's all tolerable because i don't have this giant weight of like a bunch of people that i want to kill it's not in me anymore that forgiveness piece is so big and, and your response of feeling sorry for them that's actually really the only truly conscious response that that is there you know because all of these people who do even bad things you know someone breaks into my house trying to fucking rape whitney and kill right. me i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot them right you know just because i'm not gonna allow them to do that but i shouldn't be angry at that person for doing that the proper response is is pity yeah like i'm sorry that you were in such a terrible place and that you got really? so misguided that that was the course of action that you took because that person's higher self that person's little child inside did not want to do that. That's you know, right. people don't want to hurt other people, you know? So the only proper response is pity. And in that it's forgiveness of the failings of humanity. You know, it's not that they couldn't have made another choice, but you know, the, the response is pity. And then that forgiveness is freedom. You know, that really allows you to take the weight off. So. It really, it's, it's amazing how already I've noticed, you know, I, I got this big Alice Mania van and, and new producers and stuff that's like a it's you know, my show is very important to me and i'm really hard to deal with when it comes to it too because it's my baby yeah and if you fuck it up it's basically like you're my babysitter and you didn't pick my kids up from school so that's pretty serious offense to me so but these days i just seem to be so much calmer and so much better at being a problem solver which i in my line of work if i'm not good at being a problem solver i shouldn't have this job because I have too many problems to solve. Right. That's just what this game is. You know what I mean? There's, I'm, I'm like this radio show that Sirius doesn't want to really get behind, but everybody who has Sirius listens to it. <laughs> so it's like a constant muscle with these. They're like, you're the biggest show on Sirius and we don't give a fuck. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, guys, well, you know what I mean? One day you will. And you know what I mean? Sure yeah. enough, every year it gets a little bigger. And you know what I mean? Like this contract, I, I own half the channel now. You know, they, they wouldn't, they didn't know who I, my real, like who I was or what hour my show was on two years ago. Right. Like now the big guy calls me. Yeah. You know, it's a baby step, everyone. But anyway, all the problems with Alice Mania and people like, I don't know what's going on. All hell's breaking loose. And I'll look, dude, 
we can get this figured out and I'll call and I'll calm them down and I'll solve the problem and then I'll hang up the phone and go, I know me and I know that one fucking week ago, this a particular text message I received recently would have fucking set the world on fire. And I just called him and was like, look, dude, it's not as big a deal as you think. We can get by this. Yeah. And I'm hearing myself going, dude, this is who, you, on a good day, this is who you are. Let's try and stay here. I would say my only fear now is, is this going to wear off? Am I going to start using, is my is my brain going to bring up my father and my stepmother and my mother in another way to get me to hate them again? Because my uh, biggest fear is whenever good things happen, I, I, I'm i scared to lose them. Right. You know, and, and I know that's from my little brother dying. At one yeah. point I felt like, I got a radio, I got a career, man, after skateboarding. This is fucking insane. Like nobody thought you were going to exist. Everything's great. Kids, married, phone call, my little brother's dead. And I'm like, nah, man, that's not right for me. Like I can't live like that. And it fucking killed me, man. Yeah. It still hurts me. But it, it's all, uh, it's all, it's just, it's all worth dealing with and it's just not that big of a deal anymore. It's like everything's, I'm even better with Katie. Like I, I'm, Katie gets stressed. I'm like, look, we can deal. It's not that big of a deal. Like I, that process of psychic cleansing is so important because we all have this little baggage and this bullshit that we keep inside. And even when it's not as dramatic as your story, you know, I had a, a weird situation. Again, if you compare in gravity, nothing like what you had to deal with, you know, but my father would, I would say one little thing and then two days later, he would like corner me and blast me and just yell at me about something I did two days later, which was this weird fucking thing because I never knew when I did something right. wrong. So what it did is it created this part of me that was always judging and watching what I was thinking, right? right? And that was a weight because it kept me out of the present moment. It kept me from enjoying myself. I'd say something and be thinking about the thousand possible ways that that individual could take that because my dad ingrained this pattern in me. Right. I better fucking think about every possible way he could take this little thing I say right. so he doesn't yell at me and take his love away, which is what it felt like when you're a kid. All that anger is really just like, I don't love you anymore, which is what hurts the most i think that's know? good news to me i don't i think like having extra problems is not i mean maybe that might get me like an extra hundred grand out of my third <laughs> book but that's not worth it trust yeah. me but just to know that because of my show everyone calls with problems man everyone's got uh yeah. like stress and you know, this pts shit is fucking everybody has it i have the troops on twitter all the time suffering from that and i'm like yours it doesn't matter what scale it's on would you like it to not exist in your life anymore because to me Sort of like uh, I got diagnosed with, with heart disease and then I got tests for three months. Turns out I don't have heart disease. But at one point, this cocksucker at Cedar Cyanide said I had fucking heart disease and I'll never lift weights, run, fight or skate again. And then three months later, I can. I wanted to go to Cedars and go, hey, fuckhead. Yeah. But I was too happy right. to even care. So it's yeah. kind of like doing the MDMA thing. I was like, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? You right. know what I mean? Like I've been walking around with this. You know, I mean, this. I, I've used it to be beneficial in my life. I've used my my anger and. That's and another great point because it can be like a temporary superpower, right? Because yeah. that skill. So what happened with that? That thing that happened to me, where I'm always judging, it allowed me to communicate very effectively because I could really read what my, what I was going to say to people. Right. 
that superpower has been useful, but it's also been this weight and this burden. And a lot of the latest ayahuasca experiences I've been doing have been trying to unify that, like bring that judge that's always judging me and just say, hey, just come on back inside. It's all good. You, know, uh, you don't have to worry about everything you're saying and having somebody get mad at you or not like you anymore because you said something that they took the wrong way. And, you know, yeah. so harness the good from that because all of this is like that pressure that, you know, the the steel and the heat that forges one of these swords like I just showed you. Like you need that to forge the sharpest, right. greatest sword, you know, that kind of resistance. But at the same time, at a certain point, letting that go is gonna really allow you to be free. So it's not about lamenting and regretting what happened. I mean, that made made you who you are. But then at a certain point, you can make that decision to be like, I'm done with the baggage of right. this. I'll keep whatever right. strength I got from that, whatever tempered steel that created, but I'm gonna let go of everything else and be, you know, free or for it. I actually said that at the on the couch. I realized that all the heartache and all the stuff that that gave me that drive. I always wanted to be somebody. I wanted the whole world to love me because I felt like nobody did. And oh. I, and I'll go above and beyond to get the world to love me. Right. And that and that worked out. Like I got a lot of. I mean, I'm not a fucking athlete, man. I just love skateboarding so much. I turned myself into a guy that could do somersaults on the ground. And yeah. I could not, I mean, I couldn't do a handstand, yeah. but skateboarding, I loved it. And I did it so much that my body just fucking turned athletical because I just worshipped it. And yeah. I felt like on the couch that day, I was like, I've had so many bad things and so many good things. I, it reminded me of a guy that was born rich, doesn't care about his car or his parents' house that he lives in. A guy that had nothing that, like a, a guy like me that like is going to move into a house with a pool with a waterfall. It's different to me than mm. the guy that was born with it. Like Nicole Richie, yep. I love her. She's a really nice person, but she'll never understand what it's like to walk into a house and have a waterfall because <sighs> she was born with a fucking waterfall. She doesn't yeah. give a shit. Yeah. It's just a damn, like Mercedes Benz are just a fucking car to her. Yeah. Me and a Mercedes Benz is like, man, look what I have done with my life. You know what I mean? Right. It's such an accomplishment. So now it's more, uh, I'm far more fond of myself. Like it's, which it's more is more precious because I'm very insecure. And I also <laughs> think that I'm like the greatest. It's like two people in here all the time, but it was more leveled. I'm like, I'm, I am positive. I'm a good parent. I am positive that I, that I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a good guy. And wow, Jason, that is quite a story, dude. You are a tough motherfucker to still be here after all that. And that, uh, instilled like real confidence, not like, uh, a lot of my confidence is bullshit. I, I convince myself that I can do anything, sure. but that, which means that I was extremely paranoid and not confident. <laughs> Why was I yelling at myself to do it so much? Because I was fucking scared. Like, right. I'm the best, I'm the fucking best. Like, why am I saying that? Because I'm trying to convince myself that I'm the best. I would say it on the radio all the time. You gotta know, you're the first one to know. No one yeah. else is gonna know you're the best. You gotta know, even when you suck, you gotta know you're the best. My yep. first shows. I'm the fucking best guy ever on radio. <laughs> and it's probably one of the worst radio shows I've ever heard. <laughs> that was like six years ago. And I'm like, yeah. I'm spracking off six years ago about Stern. Pff, you know what I mean? Like, wait till they see me. Just like, I call myself the fucking future. Do you know what that means? <laughs> when you're on satellite radio, you're saying that you're the next Howard Stern. And I was like, DJing for Octane, like I've yeah, but that's part of that neurolinguistic programming. You say something like that enough, even if you don't necessarily the impetus wasn't full belief, you believe it a little bit more and a little bit more. And it goes the converse too. If you say I'm a piece of shit, I oh suck, you can go back and down. you say that it you'll believe it a little bit, even if you don't fully believe that you're a piece of shit. Some part of you having said that 
We'll make that a reality. Here is an important one that I learned before radio. In skateboarding, I was the best guy in Australia, Australasian champion three years in a row. At one point, I won street contests just because I was so much, I was so good that I would just I could beat street skaters on their own shit. Nobody in Australia was good yet. I was the yeah. first pro. I remember thinking maybe I'm too cocky and people are, it's hard to relate to me because I'm this, I'm so much better than everybody else. So I would shoot myself down around my friends and around my peers yeah, in. to try to fit in, which was the beginning of me losing my skateboard skills and, and, and drowning out. I, I know it because I started to, I started to like insult myself. Yeah. Like mentally, yeah, I'm not that fucking good anyway. You know, like try to make somebody else in the room feel better. I don't want to say that I'm. Yeah, because even the, though you didn't believe that, yeah. just hearing yourself say yeah. it made you believe it a little bit more and a so little bit more. It goes both ways. Yeah, you believe you're the best. You believe you're a piece of shit. They both. No doubt. They no both doubt. work. I want to go back to something you said about worrying about losing this perspective, and you know, I think for me, if someone has done all of these medicine journeys and stuff you get these points of heightened consciousness and at a certain point you may you know it kind of goes in this cycle you may lose it for a little while but the beautiful thing is is that that truth that you saw is infallible and the pathway to get there once you learn it you can always fucking get back you know right. and so that's one thing that you know i would say you can consistently be confident on is that those truths won't change. You know, that truth of forgiveness, that truth of the lightness that you feel, even if something for a weird little short stretch, you know, goes the other way and makes you think a different way, that truth is always waiting for you. Wow. And the pathways there, there are many. I mean, MDMA, ayahuasca, psilocybin, a lot of these with clinical trials that have shown it, you know, all of those above have. You know, uh, the doctor that helped me do this at the very end when I was like, okay, I'm kind of done now. And he's like, just one more thing. Do me a favor. One more thing. Go back on the couch and sort of get yourself back there and, and, uh, be you who you are now in that room. So when he comes in, you're there, not baby you. Mm. That made me feel like more secure that it's never going to go away. Cause he's never going to get in that room ever again. No, nope. it was actually funny to notice what I look like and what I've turned myself into. <sighs> Like I'm realizing on the couch, I'm like, you designed yourself to beat your father. Like you're <laughs> right. here, you look like this to protect yourself from your father. Yeah. A, if it goes down, if he comes from behind, if he comes from anywhere, can you beat him? Yeah, because yeah. you fucking made yourself that way. <laughs> I am, like I don't have to be in the UFC. I just have to be tougher than my father for the rest of my life and then I'll be safe. It's so, That's like so to do all the fucking, therapy and then yeah. do the MDMA therapy. So I understand like, how you know i mean what's going on in my head it's just that's funny so, that's really. so fucking funny you say that because i had one of my first experiences i started when i was 18 and i would go see the shaman in the in the mountains you started when you're 18 yeah Jesus. with doing this journeys with the shaman in uh in the mountains of mexico and i remember we did one time i went down there i was about 20 and i did a 5-meo dmt snuff which is a different type of DMT and it's a lot more emotionally based, a lot less of the chrysanthemum. And I remember it took me right to my most traumatic event with my father. It was where he cornered me in this hotel room in New York. Huh. And it was just like full, you know, at 11 of his rage. It wasn't actually hitting me, but I would try to get up and he'd throw me back down on the bed and just yelling at me for maybe an hour. And I just kept saying, I love you, dad. What are you doing? I love you, dad. I love you, dad. And he was talking to me about some other shit. And I remember I went right back there and the, and the shaman then, you know, they were very hands off. So it wasn't like he was leading it through. But I remember then I was back as myself in that. And I was like, 
say that shit to me now. And at 20, you know, right. I was big. I had you know, long hair. I was probably bigger than I am now. You know, I'd been training martial arts and, you know, I knew I could kick my dad's ass, right. you know, and part of that, and I'd get in tattoos and some of that similar, some of that similar story. And I was smarter, like testing my, not only my body, but my mind to be able to be ready for that. And I was like, try that shit now. Come right. on, try that. And that moment, you know, I was fully there, but I was there as an adult and I was ready to receive that and overcome it. And then from there, you know, there was a massive he- healing that happened because after that, there was that forgiveness, you know, because I saw my dad as like, he didn't want to hurt me. You know, right. he, he was battling his own demons. So it came with this, I'm ready. You know, I'm strong enough now. I'm never going to be afraid of you. Like you will never dominate me like that ever again. I'm not afraid. And then the forgiveness came. But I think that's like an important, like, healing thing that happens with our parents like you have to remove that element of fear like you will never do that to me again but then the next step is but even still i completely forgive you you know it's a big deal for being a parent because it just tells me how sensitive children are Mm -hmm. on their way up and how like obviously being a parent's a fucking very big responsibility but it's almost a blessing to have this many issues and have so much work people have worked on me like to me the way i see it is like i'm a car i'm a custom built car i got like yeah. alloy shit in me and stuff you know what i mean like this thing is there's really if you just left it the way it was when you bought it it wouldn't be running anymore but it's like a it's a fucking hotted up race car it's got all the shit in it now because yeah. it had to to survive yeah. that's sort of so when i think about my kids and you know what i look like i'm a fucking scary looking dude <laughs> you know what i mean like what are my kids does, does that mean tiger needs to be does he have to like get his whole face tattooed black or something? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> have I cursed this guy to be like the most metal man in the world? <laughs> so it's like, a, it, I'm so glad they're still young and that I'm going through this so fresh. Cause I believe, you know, my ex-wife is a very smart lady. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always felt good about that. I was like, look, if we break up, at least you're not a fucking ding dong. My kids have a really good shot. Yeah, you know, we, we, I, I, we can both offer a lot. But now, even more so now, I, I feel like I'm a better parent than she is. I'm not trying to race her or anything, but because I have had so many things adjusted in my life that I, I know if you say this to your kid, they're going to do this. Like if your yeah. girlfriend says this in front of you, if you treat your girlfriend this way, you know, what I mean? all the things that you take for granted in front of your children, that's, you know, that's like they won't they might not come back from that mistake. Like mm-hmm. it's so much more serious, but it's so much easier I have so much more information, which yeah. brings... And you're doing the work yourself. Right. You know? That means you're you know it too. I've always felt like that. Like I can't, it's unfortunately, I can't really read anyway, but yeah. I've always said, like, I didn't read it in a book. Yeah. I did it. The only, the only uh, advice I have for anybody, I didn't read it. I can tell you for sure. And that's why I think with the kids, I'm like, look, if you want to drink, you can drink, but here's what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's not, <laughs> maybe... Yeah, this I've is been for there. sure. Heroin hookers. Yeah, I'll tell a, you, I'll tell you dark, what they all do road. and where they all go. <laughs> and look at your daddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I think there's like, uh, yeah, they're so much more intelligent than I was. And with this base of, uh, you know, this boulder of mistakes that is around that can be like, look, you can, you can trust your daddy. I didn't, I'm not fucking, well, you know, marijuana is a gateway to bullshit. Yeah. I'm not a fucking gate. You know what I mean? Like, I'm Just never going to. Yeah, tell them the truth. And you got my blood, so you got to watch out. I'm ready for that conversation too. Like you guys, it's not the same. Sure, your friend Johnny, he drinks and it's great. Yeah, you're an Ellis. 
<laughs> Shit might be different for you. You might be okay, but there's a huge chance you might drink and go, this is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. Oh, like you've really got to watch it. So, oh, but I'm there for that. I'm, I'm almost expecting the worst. I'm like, my oldest is nine and I'm already like getting ready for the, if we have to go there, what I have to do to, to convince her otherwise. Yeah. Well, brother, it's a beautiful thing watching this whole transformation happen because as each of us do this work, it's great for ourselves, but the ripples extend beyond. It extends to our families. It extends to the people who listen, people listening right now. These ripples go on and on. So it's not just healing ourselves. It's healing the collective, you know, to it's a large degree. the biggest thing besides having kids. It's the biggest thing I'll ever do. I yeah. see it more than ever. The radio show helped, made me help people. When I realized that I helped anybody, that made my job so much, it gave me so much gratification I mean, being a great skateboarder was more about just me being cool radio was like you know skateboarders like hey man you helped me make kickflips i don't fucking know i really wasn't that necessary you know what <laughs> right. I mean? this stuff is not as hard but it's but it's it's the most important thing i've ever done there's people's lives that are forever changed in a positive way because of me you know what I mean? and, and and from knowing you and joe and all the other you know, in training mma the knowledge that I have now is even like it's triple it's and it's get and it's and it's doubling like by the day now like the, yeah. the amount of information I have versus a year ago just tells me that in a year from now is I got a lot I'll have a lot of info to give Fuck out to people yeah. in a positive manner Fuck yeah it's a good thing man. that's awesome man man we managed to go from jerking off vaginas to talking about some heavy shit. That's what I fucking love. That's what I was hoping for when I had you in here all hungover on a Saturday morning. I couldn't have planned this shit any better than this. Yeah, I'm going to go get choked out by Keith Jardine. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, Jason. Everybody, no please follow him. Listen to him on Sirius. He's fucking hilarious. And he's one of my very good friends. Thank love you, brother. You, Thanks for having it. me. Love you too, man. Later, everybody.